0: week two. So turn with me in Matthew chapter six. They can go there now. Matthew chapter six. Okay. Philippians chapter two. Uh, Just put your little finger over there or your bookmark or whatever. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Okay. I said Matthew six. Actually, I'm in Matthew five. I said Matthew six this morning too. How weird. I know you did. You even preached it. Oh, boy. All right. Well, through this two-part series, The Birds and the Bees, we will discover and have been discovering our worth and our value. Our worth and our purpose is all wrapped up in God's love story. God's plan for you to fulfill your purpose is found in his word by making daily choices, by the motives of your heart, by Doing the things you're supposed to do. It's all outlined in here. And one of those parts that we're going to look at is the be attitudes. The attitudes that should be in you. But in order to be who God has created you to be, you first must believe you are who God created you to be. See, you can't live worthy if you don't feel worthy. And last week we focused on the birds, and we saw that in the scripture God says, "You are worth more than all the birds in the air." And if I, if I struggle, He don't struggle. If, if He meticulously, how oh, you like that word? You like that? Is that okay? If He in epic detail takes care of every little bird, so they don't have to toil, and they don't have to worry, and they don't have to fret where their food comes from, and what they're gonna do, and where are we gonna go, and where are we gonna? This winter honey You know If he takes care of them so well He says don't you think I can take care of you So we we Looked at all the history Stories in the bible proving When we allow Jesus to Touch the central need Of every human being Which is to feel worth and value When we allow him to Touch that in us He not only fixes What we have broken He doesn't just heal it, but he restores it to heaven's original standard and replaces in you heaven's intent on your value, heaven's intent for your worth, heaven's value in you again. That was last week. This week, we're going to focus on the bees of God's love story, and in Matthew chapter 5, we look at The be-attitudes. I like that because every time I read that, I can't help but say that be-attitudes. Not be-attitudes, but the attitudes that need to be in me. So let's look at this starting at verse 1, chapter 5, not 6. Now when he, when Jesus, saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. And I shared this this morning, which... Every time I see stuff like this, it blows my mind like this. That the techie in me is ignited when I see techie stuff. And Jesus is so wise that he knows how to plug into nature to make even nature amplify his message. You see, when he went out by the seaside, the lakeside, the beach, whatever, he knew that if I stand here and put the people here and preach toward the water, nobody's going to hear me. But if I get in the boat and have them push out just a little bit, turn my back to the waves, and then the waves, the, the wind will carry my voice, his voice, like a microphone. Same thing with this mountainside. The, the acoustics, by backing yourself up against the mountainside, Will carry and amplify his voice. I mean, I, every time I see these things, I'm like, yeah, he is so smart. Uh, he said it, he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside, he sat down, and his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Verse 3 Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. of heaven. Now, when you look at this, and you've been listening to the messages lately because we've been picking out little words. Do you see something in that scripture that we just read? Do you see conditions? Do you see there's a part that you have to play and then God said, if you do this, I'll do that. The Beatitudes are conditions. These are attitudes that need to be in you. That means you have to cultivate them. That means you have to work at them. But he says, if you do this, I will do that. You know, the culture of the church today is to erase our responsibility from the Bible. We just receive the blessing, receive the blessing. Oh, you don't have to do anything. How many have heard that before? Yeah. That's not true. As a matter of fact, that's straight from the pits of hell. That is a lie of the enemy. Oh, you don't have to do anything. Just sit there. It's okay. As a matter of fact, you don't even need to go to church. Nah. You are the church. What? You mean Satan will use the Bible? Well, hello. He did with Jesus, didn't he? Yeah, you don't need anybody. It's just you and God. Can't you do? I mean, I've heard them all. You don't have to do anything. It's a lie. It's all conditions. There's conditions there. But you do this and I will do that. So I looked up the word, the meaning of the word blessed. The Greek word for blessed used in the Beatitudes here is makarios. Makarios. Yeah, it was better than first service, wasn't it? A Jewish story says an old rabbi said in golden days there were men who saw the face of God. Why don't they anymore, a young student replied. Because nowadays no one stoops so low, he replied. Who wants to be a lowly person? Who wants to be stooped down? Most of us spend the good part of our lives trying to pull ourselves up. We want to walk tall in society. But according to this rabbi, it is the lowly, those who stooped low, who see the face of God. According to Jesus in the Beatitudes, it is the lowly, those stooped low, who are blessed by God. The following is excerpts of a study on the Greek word makarios. I'm supposed to let it roll again. Makarios. Taken from the theological dictionary on the New Testament says the Beatitudes declare an objective reality as the result of a divine act, not subjective feelings. And thus should be translated with the objective blessed instead of the subjective happy. You see, happy is based on your feelings. Have you heard it translated, happy are those who are happy are those who, well, that's not the original translation. Blessed. See, because of the opposite of happy would be sad, unhappy, sad. Oh, oh well, I'm just unhappy. Oh well, right? I mean, most of you make choices that, well, I know it's not going to make me happy, but I'll do it anyway. But the opposite of blessed is cursed. Oh, now now there's a different perspective here. If we're talking about, do I want to be blessed or do I want to be cursed? N- now there's some real um, skin in the game. N- now I'll get serious. Well, that's what you have to do. You have to look. It's objective. It's not subjective on your feeling. It, it's what. It's a divine act. Objective reality goes on to say, the community that hears itself pronounced blessed by its Lord does not remain passive, but acts in accord with the coming kingdom. The Beatitudes do not merely describe something that already is, but bring into being the reality they declare. You don't get this unless you do this. But if you do this, you speak into existence the reality of that blessing. The Beatitudes are not entrance requirements for outsiders, but a declaration about insiders. It's your responsibility. This is what needs to be in you. Be attitudes, attitudes in you. So let's look at the responsibility of receiving these blessings to be a blessed people. Here's our part, what we need to be. We need to be poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. We must recognize that we are not spiritually self-sufficient. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. We cannot satisfy our own spirit. By ourselves, for ourselves, by what we can get, what we can acquire. We are poor in spirit. We are not spiritually self-sufficient. We need, we must rely on the Holy Spirit's life, power, and sustaining grace in order to inherit God's kingdom and access to the resources of heaven. We need to mourn. What does it mean to mourn? Mourn over the things that grieve God. Things that grieve God. To have our feelings in sympathy with the feelings of God. To be afflicted in our spirits over the sin, immorality, and cruelty manifested in the world. It should hurt our heart. It should cause us to cry, to weep. When's the last time you wept over a lost person? When's the last time you wept over a, a relative? When's the last time you wept over the sin and the decay of the world, the church? To mourn over the things that grieve God. Meek. To be meek. Meek are those who are humble and submissive before God. The definition of meek is not weakness. Oh, haven't you? I've seen that picture. You know, when people talk about meek, this is what I see. Oh, no. Meek is actually strength or power under submission. That's what that means. When they talked about Jesus was a meek man, means he had all power, all authority, but he was under submission the same about us Jesus said I've given you I have all power and authority and he commissioned us and told us everything you ask anything it's all yours all kingdom we are Christ ambassadors to be meek means that we know we have all the power of the universe heaven bringing heaven to earth but we're under submission we're under Christ authority that's walking With meekness. We find our refuge in him. Commit our way entirely to him. We're concerned about God's work. God's people. The meek rather than the aggressors. Will ultimately inherit the earth. He started out by saying. The kingdom of heaven is yours. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then he says. And you also inherit the earth. The earth. Everywhere you place your foot is yours. Bring heaven to earth. The The riches of the world are stored up for the righteous. That's what it says. Inherit the earth. Going on. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. This is the most important verse of all the Beatitudes right now. Because it's foundational to your existence. It's foundational to your eternal home. You see, what you feed crows... And what you starve dies. How often do you feed your flesh every day? Once, twice, three times, twelve times. You know, whatever. It growls. I respond. Right? We feed. We hunger and thirst. Our flesh hungers and thirsts. If we're not feeding our spirit as much, at least as much as, if not more than, our flesh... Our spirit is dying. It's living malnourished. Oh, now, you like that word? It is shriveling up. I mean, your stomach growls when you're hungry, right? It tells you, "Hello, give me food," right? Right? Don't you wish your spirit would yell that loud sometimes? Well, actually. The Bible says that he taps us on the shoulder and he's talking to us all the time. He's guiding us. He's directing us. The Holy Spirit is telling you what to do. But when we don't listen, we become deaf to that directing. Like a a parent who never hears that two-year-old screaming at their feet. Everybody else hears that two-year-old, but they're like, what? What? You're like, answer your kid! They're like, what? What? I remember trying to talk to the, this lady. She was a new mom. So we have mercy on new moms. You're welcome. Two-year-old, in her arms. I'm talking to her. The kid is slapping her in the face, screaming. He's pulled her ear to one, and screaming in her ear and smacking her in the face. And she's, like, talking to me like this. And I thought, any time now she's going to say, excuse me, let me take care of a little whoever this was. And instead, finally, I said, would you just take care of your child? I'll wait for you. Because she's like, well, what? 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 Yeah. It's like, you you don't hear this? Well, we can do the same thing because God is constantly tapping us on the shoulder. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is trying to guide us and directing us, like an umpire telling us what way to go, what to do. You shouldn't say that. Don't say that. Knows your thoughts before you speak them, and I get that one a lot. Brenda, don't do. You dare say that? I can. See, my little Holy Spirit is like Jiminy Cricket, but he's got a little black in him, so he's like, Don't you say that? What are you doing? You know better girl. And I'm like, yeah. And he'll tell me, now you need to go apologize. Yeah, I know. I'll go apologize. But if we're not tuned in, we become deaf too. And that's where the hunger and thirst, when we are constantly listening to and filling ourselves with the word and spending time in God's presence and worshiping, our ears become more attuned To that leading and directing. This is so foundational. If we don't get this hunger and thirsting for righteousness. You're just adding to a bucket with a hole in the bottom. You're putting things into something that can't hold up. You need to get this. This is what strengthens the spirit within you. The Christian's hunger for the things of God is destroyed by worldly anxiety, deceitfulness of wealth, desires for things and life's pleasures, and failure to remain pure in Christ. You see, if you constantly are eating junk food, do you really want a carrot? No. Because you train your spirit to feed off the wrong thing. And then somebody puts a carrot and a cupcake in front of you and what do you think I'm going to gravitate toward? I can have the cupcake because I eat the carrot. Oh no, that's not ready. When the hunger of believers for God and his righteousness is destroyed, they will die spiritually spiritually. Inside and yet can appear on the outside as doing all the right things. Yet they're completely dead. For this reason it is is essential that we become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit in our lives. And you can ask yourself, do I still hear that correcting? Do I still hear that tapping on my shoulder? When's the last time I heard that correcting? When's the last time... I heard that directing. And then ask yourself, how obedient are you to that voice? Or do you brush it off? No, no, no. No, no, no. No, it's okay. So-and-so does this. I can do that. No, it's okay. You must become more sensitive and more sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading and directing in this world. To constantly be cultivating that hunger and thirst for righteousness. And when you do that, he says, you will be filled. Filled with what? Righteousness. You'll be filled with all righteousness. When you hunger for righteousness. I love that. Be merciful. When you show mercy, you're going to get mercy. If you don't show mercy, you ain't getting no mercy. Merciful are full of compassion and take action. Did you hear that? Shut up Merciful are full of compassion And take action I know a lot of people who are very merciful But don't do anything about it You have to be full of compassion And take action That's what mercy is The merciful sincerely want to step in and do something To bring these people to the grace and help of God Through Jesus Christ Let me tell you something, though. This does not mean stepping in and being someone's provider. Or else you're stepping between them and God. I'm talking about showing mercy, compassion, in action to the point where you're just holding a light and you're pointing the way. You have a need here. You can feed them. You can give them clothes, you can give them a place to live, but you're constantly directing them. But Jesus is this way. Jesus is this way. Otherwise, you're teaching them how to be dependent on you. Or if you, oh, you've got a need, come to our church. We can take care of you. Everybody says that, right? What's wrong with that? We're teaching them, you'll get your provision from the church. Instead of, well, here, come, you know, let me introduce you, come to church and keep pointing the way to Jesus, pointing the way to Jesus, and the body's here, we want to help you, but we're all pointing the way to Jesus, pointing the way to Jesus. Now they're becoming dependent on Jesus and not on us. See, mercy in compassion and in action keeps pointing to the ultimate provider, which is God. Don't step in the way. Pure in heart, will see God. Those who have been delivered from sin's power by God's grace now strive without deceit to please and glorify God and to be like Him, pure in heart. This is, my dad talks about this all the time um, because he got to see an artist at the school draw this out that the heart has strings. And it's like our heart can be tuned, tuned with God's heart. That's what this talks about. Pure in heart, that our heart is in tune with God's heart. Whatever strikes his heart strikes our heart. He called David a man after my own heart. It's how we should be. Those are the ones that will see God. I like it because it not only is talking about seeing God like being, you know, going to heaven, seeing God. But seeing God now, everywhere you go, you can't help but see God. Every time I get on my motorcycle, I always say a prayer about God, you know, over protection. Give me eyes like an eagle or a hawk. Whichever one has better eyes. I don't care. Or a lion. I did just hear a study about a lion's got really good eyes, too. So that'd be okay. And to keep, you know, help me enjoy the beauty of all your nature. Because I'll see it all. And, boy, you just, I mean, I love riding. And the beauty, and I always... You know, pray, God, help me see the beauty of you in every part of nature. But please keep your nature far from my bike (laughs) when I'm riding. Don't let the deer jump out before me, not even the little rabbit, you know, the turtle, whatever. Just keep it away. But help me see the beauty. And that's what I'm talking about, seeing God everywhere. You can see God anywhere. You could see God in the crying baby. You could see God in the, you know, two-year-old that's spitting and screaming. You could see... God in the drunk on the street corner. You could see God everywhere you turn. Because the pure in heart, their heart is in tune with God's heart. And God sees it all. And God's love is for all. You can see God. The pure in heart will see God. And peacemakers. Peacemakers are those who are reconciled to God. If I go over today, it's Danae's fault because she has my phone, which keeps a timer for me, so uh peacemakers are those who have been reconciled to god they have peace with him through the cross and they now strive to bring everyone to peace to god peacemakers 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 are not fault finders are not slanderers and cannot tolerate gossip they are militant in their stand against sin both inside and outside the church But they refuse to cut others down in the name of a holy war. Instead, they lift others up and will leave no man behind. Peacemakers, peace, peace. You hear somebody has a conflict with somebody else. You can't help but want to mend that. You think so-and-so, come on, let me go with you. Come on, let's go talk to him. Did you know that that so-and-so thought you did? No, that's not what I... Oh peace let's hug it out peacemakers you don't like strife you don't like contention you don't like people not living in peace you don't like the fact that people are not reconciled to God you just have to you have to seek them out peacemakers peacemakers will be called sons of god And then persecuted, those who are persecuted for righteousness. He again says, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Persecution will be the lot of all who seek to live in harmony with God's work, work for the sake of righteousness. You see, it's those who uphold God's standard of truth, who at the same time refuse to compromise with the present evil society or the lifestyles of lukewarm Christians will undergo unpopularity, rejection, and criticism. Persecution and opposition will come from the world, and at times, the most hurtful from those who are within the church, and sometimes even your own family. Oh, those those are the ones that hurt the worst. But when we, are, when we experience this suffering, this persecution, Christians are to rejoice because God imparts the highest blessings on you. Christians must beware of the temptation to compromise God's will in order to avoid this shame and embarrassment or loss. I put out a couple notes here. Persecution for being judgmental, harsh, or unmerciful is not rewarded as blessed. This is not a blessing. Well, they just always, every time I tell people what they need to do. Well, when I try to tell people what I do and how they need to be just like me. See how that, see how good things can be twisted into bad things? Because we are supposed to be leaders. We are supposed to be able to say to somebody, follow me as I follow Christ, right? But not a, hey, little duckling, you need to walk and talk and look exactly like me. Because now we're pointing them to us instead of to God. See, there's a difference. And, and this is all. you got to remember, the enemy just wants to twist the word just a little bit. Just a little bit. If he threw out a blatant lie, if I started making a pentagram right here and said, you know, everybody take off your shoes and come up front, we're going to start worshiping the pentagram. You, you know, its I know that's wrong. But when he just throws a little twist out there, well, that sounds good. Right? That sounds good. You know, what's what's wrong with a little drink? What's wrong with, you know, sleeping with the one I'm going to marry someday? What, what's wrong with, you know, fill in the blank? Just a little bit. Now, let me tell you, I, persecution and opposition for st- Standing on what God says is right or wrong is what he's talking about here. Taking persecution over what you feel is right or what you feel is wrong is not the blessed reward that he's talking about. Okay, And I got into it a little bit more deeper in first service, but I don't want to go down that rabbit trail here. Let me just say... um, When people start saying there's no moral absolutes, that there is no consistent standard right and wrong, that it's all based on your feelings of what you feel is right and what you feel is wrong, um, it's subjective. And God did place a moral absolute of right and wrong. And any other deviation from that, is the enemy just twisting it just a little bit so that everybody can kind of find their own God. Well, my God would have more mercy than that, and he wouldn't send me to hell for filling the blank. You're making God in your own image. When you're standing for God's moral absolutes of right and wrong, because it says it in the Bible, And you're being persecuted. That's the ones. That he says if you're persecuted for righteousness. And this is the second time he says. Theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. Second time he said that. So Pastor Brenda translation. Would say it's not only are you going to possess. The kingdom of heaven. It's right here. The whole kingdom of heaven is right here. But I have. Access to all of the kingdom of heaven. He said, not only will you possess the kingdom of heaven wherever you go, but I have access to then give it to you. Give it to you. Give it to you. you." Meekness under control, under authority. It's all these are laid together. They're all like one of those transformers where they all kind of click in together to make the right image, I guess. For a lack of word here. So in order to be blessed, these attitudes must be in you. Real quickly, here it is. Poor in spirit, rely on God as your source. Poor in spirit, mourn over the things that grieve God. Meek, be humble and submissive to God. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Be merciful, compassion in action. Pure in heart, set your heart in tune with God's heart. Be peacemakers, strive to bring others to Christ, and don't run from persecution. We must draw a line in the sand between what God says is right and wrong and not based on human feelings of what's right and wrong. Then you will, hear all the conditional statements in there? Then you will be blessed blessed, you will possess the kingdom of heaven. You will be comforted. You will inherit the earth. You will be filled with all righteousness. You will be shown mercy. You will see God. You will be called sons of God. You will have access to all of heaven's resources. The kingdom of heaven is within you. It's near you. You are Christ ambassadors. And then I need you to look up on your own Philippians chapter 2. I don't have time to dig into it. But in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 13, God says, Your attitude, the writer says, "Sorry, your attitude should be the same as Christ. Your attitude should be the same as Christ, who considered himself nothing. Remember, took on the nature of a servant, laid it all down, become subject to death even on the cross. Therefore, the next paragraph says, God gave him the name. Because Jesus did this, God says, then I'm giving you the name above all names, where every knee must bow, every tongue confess, which was, I love that song. We used to sing that all the time. Then he goes on to the next paragraph and says, therefore, so because Jesus did this, God did this, so therefore you should do this. Therefore, you should walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. With fear, walk it out. What does that mean? Add to your faith these attitudes. Keep adding to your faith. Keep walking it out. Keep walking. And he says, you know what? He says, for it is. Again, a conditional statement is telling you because you can do this because he goes on to say, God, it's God who works in you. To will and to act according to his good purpose. What? We can do this because we're not doing this alone. God's doing this through us. How can we live these conditions that he's laid out? Because he's doing it through us. All we have to do is allow him to. The first one, poor in spirit. God, we can't do this on our own. We need you. And he says, I'm right here. I'll do this through you. Let me, allow me to. Remember, allow him to touch you and fill you to be his witnesses, to be who you were created to be. And there's just so much more. I'm just going to keep flying by here. Um, but look that up on your your own. So as I close, let me close this series, two-part message if you want it, not really a series. The birds and the bees, what your parents never told you, Is that if you allow God to, he will restore your worth and your value back to heaven's original standard. And he will be the power in you to walk out his purpose for your life. And God, help me write this little poem down that I want to share with you that just helps me remember this all. Remember our worth and our value. He says you're worth more than all the birds of the air. And if I take care of them, why can't you trust me to take care of you? You need to live worthy. Live worthy because you are worth. You are worth everything he sacrificed, everything he has, all resources in heaven. And even the entire earth You're worth it The old song is You're you're worth Thank you You're worth it You're worth it The poem goes uh, Fly little bird fly For the earth has no hold on you So fly as high as the heaven sky You're free little bird so fly Sing little birds sing your song so loud and clear, so loud in fact that angels hear, and sing a song for all to come to know the work that God has done. Praise little bird praise You're love by God above, from mountain top to valley low for all eternity's days. Praise little bird praise. We are worth far more than all the birds of the air. He can take care of them. He can take care of you. He can be in you all he's created you to be. So would you just stand right now and let me close in prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. God, with your Holy Spirit speaking to us and teaching us, your word comes alive. And it's so easy to understand and apply. You didn't make it too high. Like you, The Bible even says you, Your word isn't too far off That we can't attain it your, your word isn't across seas that we have to ask Who's going to go get it for us Who's, who's going to share it with us Who, Who's going to teach us You gave us your Holy Spirit in us To teach us To translate for us Lord your simple truths That we can apply them to our lives and to walk out and to be who you created us to be because Lord your word says you're in us doing this through us we just need to be meek we need to know all the power that you've given us but be subject to your authority to be under your control to constantly be relying on you God you're leading us you're guiding us you're empowering us you're equipping us you're fulfilling in us everything we need to do help us to stay dependent on you i want to just take a, a quick second or two to just Listen, right now we need to begin to retrain our hear, our ears to hear God. He's constantly talking, constantly whispering in our ear. He's pointing out things in our life that we need to lay down. He's telling us maybe things that we've said that we need to go talk to somebody and apologize over. He's talking to us all the time. We just need to retrain our ears to hear Him. So God right now we just ask that you speak Lord open our ears to hear Lord your voice again to be quick to listen to be quick to obey if he's pointing things out in your life that you need to ask forgiveness for do that right now just right where you're standing just ask the Father forgive me God that was so wrong forgive me forgive me talk to him the more you talk to God you're feeding your spirit your spirit is growing stronger and stronger his spirit in you will work out all the things that he's commanded of you He's laid out all these conditions. If you do this, I'll do this. But then he gives us the power to even do what we're supposed to do. We need to surrender to him. I'm going to open up the altars right now. If you're on the altar ministry, would you come up front? And as the altar workers are coming up front, we're going to pray for people. I don't want you to run out. I want you to sit still or come up to the altar, at least during this one song I've asked Amy to sing, and then I'll come back and close, so don't run out the doors. But I want to share with you some testimonies that I shared first service, because remember, a testimony says, if he's done it before, he'll do it again. So if he's done it for one person, he'll do it for you testimonies are very very important we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of what our testimony you need healing from whatever emotional healing spiritual healing physical healing what he's done for one person he'll do for you he's not uh he's the same yesterday today and forever And he's not biased on one person over another person. What he does for one, he'll do for another. And I shared this morning when I walked in my office, I don't ever listen to the answer machine because I don't want to transact business on Sundays. I want to, it can probably wait till Monday, and if it doesn't, oh Lord, forgive me. But this morning when I walked in my office, I just hit it. I Saw the light blinking I hit the answer machine when I hit the answer machine. It was I'm gonna forget her name Sherry right Sherry Wilson Who is Shannon's mom and she was so elated her voice was pastor. I just had to tell you I Went to those healing rooms on Wednesday They prayed for me, and I just got word from my doctor. I'm cancer free now cancer free she was here this morning she's like yes ask me I'm cancer free I heard another testimony between services that a lady that called well somebody I think it was Brittany said was we called in for the prayer chain So from Wednesday night healing rooms, even the prayer chain that this lady went to the doctor and they took x-rays or something and her lungs was filled with gray matter. And he said, I'm not the oncologist, but, and I don't want to speak it. He says, but you're going to have to go to the oncologist because my, what I see is it's cancer. I just don't know what stage it is. We got her on the prayer chain within one week when she saw the oncologist absolutely nothing in her lungs completely healed He said I don't know where it went but it's gone it's gone and then we even have a testimony that up here at the altar CJ why don't you come up front you have the microphone came up front and I'm not going to steal her thunder I'll let her share but her doctor diagnosed you with what was it? My kidneys were failing. Her kidneys were failing. And I went to the doctor about four weeks ago, and my kidneys are normal. Yep. They prayed for her at the altar, laid hands on her kidneys, and they knew right away she was healed, and she went back to her doctor. And he says, I don't know what happened. They can't explain it. Yeah. That's God. That's God. Thank you.